0: With great data comes even greater access latency. Welcome to the Trino Community Broadcast, episode 20 today. Boom. <laughs> uh, we transform your latency woes into fast insights. The Trino Community Broadcast show we run always teaches you more about events and happenings in the open source Trino community and we'll show you some cool stuff in Trino, what's happening and you always have an opportunity to learn more from myself, Manfred Moser and of course, again, always uh, our... Mighty leader Brian Olson is joining us today.
1: Hello, everyone. And uh, along with us today, we have uh, our, our honored guest, uh, Marius Grama. Welcome, Marius. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you
0: for having me here.
1: Definitely. So, uh, Marius, what's, uh, what do you do in uh, and, and your day to day job and uh, kind of what's your involvement uh, been recently with, with uh, the Trino project? um i'm a software
2: engineer and uh, i work for a classified uh, market here in austria and um, uh I, I got involved in uh, in the trino community by chance somebody told me about uh, something related to trino about a query book from pinterest mm, and he nice. uh, mentioned along the side hey we are using either spark sql sql or uh, uh, Trino, and uh, then I uh, somehow I got interested in what uh, Trino is doing, and uh, uh, I, I saw that it's open source, and slowly I I got to tackle a bit of uh, uh, a bit of issue, uh, some issues, and uh, then I uh, got very very interested about uh, uh, Trino.
1: You got bit by the by Commander Bun Bun and the Trino bug, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't talk about like you know bunny way sicknesses here. Man.
1: <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. Uh, it's it's more of a it's more of a passion fever, you know. <laughs> exactly,
0: it's burning hot though.
1: Yes, for sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so today we're, we're going to be talking about Trino for the Trinubi. Uh, and I, this is particularly something that's been heavy on my mind for like, you know, the last uh, couple of months, uh, we've, we've had a lot of new people come in since we did the rebrand. And, uh, you know, with that comes a lot of people that just don't come with the background of, of a, what is, where does Trino fall in this whole data space? Um, and then, you know, further, uh, we get even people that are that are just totally new to open source and and trying to contribute. Uh, maybe this is their first contribution. Um, we're going to be talking about, a little bit about Marius's journey with with uh, Trino, and you know, Marius, you're no, you're really no stranger from what I know. Like you're no stranger to open source in general. Um, and so, uh, so I don't think it was quite the the level of uh, um, kind of learning curve that that a lot of even you know totally open source newbies go through um but but what we what we want to talk about is kind of the the focus that our project is trying to to take into uh these these newer uh members of our community that maybe haven't even really had much uh experience in open source and try to basically provide them a gentle landing to to get involved in open source because really at the end of the day it's a lot of fun to to kind of be in this community, be uh, hanging out with people. And so, you know, we're gonna be talking about your experiences specifically around that, but we also wanna talk about kind of some structure uh, bits that that are a little more difficult, admittedly, to find on our website. Uh, and we w- we wanted to almost kind of make this, these show notes that we're gonna have in the show, kind of like a, uh, a, con- uh, a aggregated list of, of things that we, we should probably have on a page somewhere, and then eventually try to, you know, make that more official, into the uh, into the uh, web page. But um, we'll get to a lot of that exciting stuff. We're even going to go through a little bit of a demo of how to actually open up your own issue um, and then also then open up your own pull request. So uh, all that exciting stuff happening today. Uh, but before we hop into that, let's go to a quick word from our sponsor, Starburst.
3: I'm Colleen Tarto. I am the director of engineering on Starburst
1: Galaxy. What is it actually offering? So, I mean, I, I think this kind of like builds on some of the open source Trino stuff, but okay. is it doing a lot more? Uh, what what kind of pains is it solving? Could you kind of uh, uh, give us a little bit of insight on on what actual pain this is going to be uh, uh, alleviating?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And so to, to think about that, I always like to go back and think about what's the difference between Starburst Enterprise and Trino, right? And so I always like to think of Starburst Enterprise as the cool older sibling to Trino. It's a little bit more mature, a little cooler. It's got a it's got a car. It's got yeah. some cool stuff going on. Leather jacket, you know. Um, and Trino is awesome in its own right. Don't get me wrong, but Starburst Enterprise is just better and a bit more grown up. And specifically, what that means to me is that with Enterprise, you get more. You get more functionality, faster performance, more connectors, more security, better management better integration into the ecosystem of tools that you already use today, data governance, integration, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But what really speaks volumes to me is that when you use Starburst Enterprise, you get Starburst, right? You get best in class support from the folks who work for us and they know Trino best because they created Trino and they're continuing to contribute to Trino. Um, But Starburst Galaxy takes that to a whole nother level, right? So, One of the pain points is installing, managing, maintaining, monitoring Starburst Enterprise. And so Starburst Galaxy alleviates all that, right? So it's um, a fully managed service. It's Starburst Enterprise as a managed service and more.
1: What's the experience there for developers on Kubernetes first and then on contrast, what would Galaxy look like?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Kubernetes like you get to, you get all the benefits of Kubernetes, like it's self-healing and, you know, it, it's sort of like a modern way to manage it, but you're still managing it yourself, right? And so you still have to monitor it. If it goes down, it's still your responsibility, that sort of thing. Whereas Starburst Galaxy is a software as a service offering, right? So like we are taking in that responsibility of installing, managing, maintaining, monitoring the service, right? And so it, it's a huge win, you know, like who wants the pain of that? And so, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there are other products out there. This is really just, it's 2021. This is the way the world's working now is that things are available as a service, which is great. Cause now Starburst is playing that game as well. I think there are a lot of exciting roadmap ideas of what we can build into galaxy. And because it's a, you know, a hosted platform, the sky's the limit. Right. Um, First and foremost, you know, we're focusing on performance and flexibility. And then beyond that, you know, there are exciting features that are either already available now or they're on route. Um like in the immediate future, we're like updating our query editor and our notebook environment. We're thinking about usage and query optimization metrics built into the environment so you can easily see, you know, what are your users doing, what you know, what queries are being run? You know, what's taking the most time? How can you like tune billing and things like that? Um, obviously, we've got our BI and data science tool integrations and more. I'm also excited about more advanced things like the ability to go cross to do cross cluster analyses within the environment of Galaxy, but also hybrid analytics. So the idea of like going across cloud environments. So right now, we're just in AWS, we're quickly going to be adding GCP and Azure. And potentially other clouds. But the idea is like, what if you have data in multiple clouds? Like just being able to like, you know, click a few clicks and then you're automatically analyzing data across clouds. That's really exciting to me.
1: Do we have any plans for like data governance in terms of like, you know, you have now all of this, uh, these catalogs, this, this, you know, and it's kind of hard to uh, manage a lot of that and understand where to find it all once Mm -hmm. you're able to get there, but like, where's the map? And so uh, do we have anything that we've been working on with any partner companies or anybody that like, that could help us in that that direction? I know there's like open source projects, like Amundsen that people can use, but like there's, there's,
3: I think there's a lot of really cool projects out there involving data governance. There's a lot of really cool products and cataloging worlds. Um, And we are, you know, excited to bring that all into Galaxy. So that is absolutely on the roadmap.
1: And one last question, is uh, there going to be any free offerings coming
3: up anytime soon? Is that on the road? Absolutely. We're building out. We've got a free trial. Um, So if you're interested, absolutely reach out to us. We are very excited about it. Um, And then we're talking about sort of a free tier. So like being able to just play around with it in your own environment and see what's what.
1: We'll keep you all uh, up to date on when you can start to play around with Galaxy and Trino uh, for free for just a little bit and uh, get to know this incredible service called Starburst Galaxy. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you. Okay, so Manfred, uh, we we didn't have... A release yet? Um,
0: I know. You know what happened last time? We covered two. Today we're covering none. <laughs> yeah,
1: we are. We always. I feel like we get these uh, bursts, like a, a bursty type of traffic when it comes yeah, to releases. You know, it's like we get a whole bunch, and then we are kind of like, oh no, we did too many last time, or it's just it's the scheduling thing, really. You know, it's it really comes down to uh, we need to uh, fix the the Trino release scheduling, or at least maybe the Trino community broadcast scheduling to align better. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have a hundred that 359 is just around the corner um it's been like i don't know a bit over two weeks by now so i'm sure it's going to be happening oh who knows maybe even over the weekend or something but i don't want to do any spoilers that go into more detail but i'm very excited to tell you about just one change that's coming
1: Uh, big spoilers
0: (laughs) just one okay
1: let me tell you about this
0: (laughs) so um for those of you that set up trino in an enterprise environment they often get these like arguably kind of silly requirements where it's like everything has to be secure right like the connection to the trino cluster has to be secure the connection to the data sources from the cluster out has to be secure but also everything inside the cluster has to be secure right like the worker talking to the coordinators and that kind of stuff and obviously we have a solution for that it's called internal communication you set up a shared secret and then you have to have all the hosts configured with a fully qualified domain name you have to have certificates for all of them they have to all be in the same trust chain blah 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 right so massive pain in the neck um now with some uh, brainstorming and stuff uh and some late night hours where dane our fearless leader and creator of um trino actually hacked into the guts of you wouldn't believe what he had to do um he got a he got a PR in so he worked with actually the people in the jetty project uh, for those of you that don't know jetty is like eclipse jetty is sort of the web server that sits like underneath the hood in trino he had to get some changes there i'm done then he had to chain do some changes in the underlying framework that's the sort of the application generator under trino that's called air lift some changes there and then now some changes in Trino and all of that together gives you a feature where you just set up a little property and then all the security and host stuff, everything happens magically. And I'm so excited about that because, um, you know, writing documentation for complex things like that is just terrible and being able to tell customers that struggle with that security kind of stuff because you know it gets complicated in in kubernetes and stuff like that being able to tell them hey you know switch on that that little flag and then boom things will happen that's awesome so i'm yeah i'm looking forward to that one
1: yeah, I've always, you know, I've always been interested in in that. I, I Do you know anything more about, like, why why companies usually push for something like that? Because I've always thought, like, you know, I've always seen Trino installations usually be, like, hidden behind some, you know, set of... of like, Typically,
0: that's the case. So, I, I've worked in various large companies over the course of my career so far, and, and also smaller ones. And often what's happening is, in my experience anyway, uh, that there's some sort of, like, general blanket policy that is like everything has to be secured and then the infosec or whatever department you want to call them gets very powerful about well like you know they, they get bombarded by all the security vendors that everything has to be secure and there's yeah. all this vulnerability and a lot of scaremongering is often happening and then other people have often a very hard time to say look this is unreasonable the cluster is already completely private nobody has access to it who cares what the traffic is in that cluster yeah so there's this like blanket requirements often get shoved down the throat of the deployment team.
1: Yeah. that Cause I was wondering if that was like more of a concern for like internal people going, being nasty or something. Yeah. Like. That's
0: basically what it boils down. And my, yeah. my point is often is like, well, you know, if that's a problem, you have <laughs> Why bigger hiring people. <laughs> people. <laughs> anyway, mm. I'm just very excited because it's, it's a showcase for how amazing uh, our relationship is with like, upstream projects that we're working with airlift and and uh jetty and like how deep into the guts of things we have to go right like dane was debugging like eclipse uh jetty code and working with the actual developers of that project and like checking things out on the certificate stack and how that works on the jvm and that kind of jazz and that's not something you like i mean there's no way i could do that
1: yeah no it's i I am always, anytime we talk about the finding out what Dane actually did to get some feature to work, I'm always pretty impressed, <laughs> <laughs> pretty uh, but uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's really, I mean, it's great that we have that, uh, that pushed out there. I, I, just, you know, I still am, am so perplexed by, by that requirement, but at the same time, I mean, it, it, it's so good that we have like the, the ability to, to give that to people who actually need it. So, yeah. uh, so fantastic. Thanks for uh, letting us know about that. And that's coming out 359. Yep. merged. That's landing. Cool. All right. Um, well, uh, let me go ahead and do a quick uh, share screen. Um, so I wanted to cover real quick. Uh, we have the Trino Summit that we announced uh, a couple shows, for the last couple of shows, actually. And there's uh, a bit of a uh, change going on. So First off, Trino Summit initially was going to be an all-virtual event. And uh, due to the recent kind of opening, like things opening up a little more, uh, we were starting to see that there's we, we, we saw the opportunity that we wanted to actually push to make this a hybrid event. Um, with, so with that, there were a couple of things that we had to shift around in the schedule, as well as uh, we found out that this initial date that's showing up here uh, on, the, on the landing page for the event right now, uh, is saying September 15th. Um, and that's actually going to no longer be correct. We are going to be adjusting that date because we found out that this actually conflicts with Yom Kippur. And we had a, a, sizable enough part of a portion of our, uh, of our community that that would have been a conflict for them. We didn't want to, uh, to make sure they make it to anything where they couldn't, uh, attend. So we are moving it now to October 13th. Uh, that is, uh, pretty much the official one. I, I say it's pretty much official because we will do the official announcement and rolling out for call for papers and everything, uh, um, uh, in July, uh, late July. So I think that's probably either. It's not this week. I think it's next, next week. And so, uh, so all of this stuff is going to get updated. Uh, so, so look forward to that. I just wanted to make a quick mention because we we did take off the right now. We have uh, updated this with the save the date, and now that the dates changed and everything, it's just like you you just got to wait. I, and I've been getting a couple questions uh, about this, so just wanted to let everybody know it's still all, all happening. It's just things are having to change around with the hybrid event and uh, and it and, and the fact that we had to make the change for Yom Kippur. So you know, but still really exciting. I'm really stoked to see a lot of you uh, face to face uh, in October. So, so looking forward to that. Um, and we'll have some, we already have a pretty cool speaker lineup. Uh, I'll just hint at, you know, it's definitely at least going to, we're going to have Netflix and, uh, LinkedIn, uh, showing up there. So, uh, and amongst other, uh, uh, speakers that we, we are still uh, getting the total confirmation, but then we still have even more opportunities because, uh, you know, we'd like to hear you as well. So, um, you know, definitely sign up for the call for papers, uh, if you have an interesting subject to talk about. Um, and
0: if you're planning to go there in person, make sure you get your vaccination sorted out yes. and potentially check your travel papers because who knows what happened in the last two years with those.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Because like, yeah, we have not been using those, have we? Um, yeah. and, and and one thing to be noted there as well, uh, you know, while we don't require you to... Uh, be vaccinated to, to attend an event and, and virtually, you know, we, we still, you still have that option. If you don't agree with vaccinations, if you, uh, or do not want to get vaccinated um, you can attend virtually. That's still an option for you. But if you do li- come live, uh, you will have to have the uh, proof of vaccination as well. And, and we'll have that in the uh, registration forms and everything you can upload the uh, proof of vaccination. So anyways, all stuff to look forward to, ready to give some uh, high fives to everybody uh, when I get to meet them in person for uh, finally. So, um, so with that, uh, shall we uh, make our way up to the concept of the week? All right. So concept of the week, we are talking Trino for the tree newbie. So, um, so on the notes, I'm not going to go through a lot of this in, in really heavy, heavy detail. Um, I, I basically took out a couple blurbs from, uh, from the uh, book, uh, the um, uh, I, I'm literally blanking right now. Trino, uh, the definitive guide that was written by Manfred and, and Matt and Martine and Matt and Martine, yes. Uh, and so, uh, so. I wanted to highlight this as part of the concepts uh, and, and put this in the show notes specifically because we uh, Starburst is offering this for free. Um, you you gotta you basically you know uh, give a little bit of your information and then you basically get a digital copy for free. And so it's a ridiculously like invaluable <laughs> asset to have when you're starting out in Trino um and all of it's been updated we had it originally came out whenever we were under the brand of presto and now we have it branded out uh for trino and and have all the updates and a lot of errata that were fixed here so um so, you know, that, that is, uh, this is going to give you a little bit of a taste of kind of uh, where, what Trino is, like what uh, problems it's actually solving, and then, you know, talk about, uh, you know, the, the data lake uh, uh, kind of use case for it and how it evolved to be the SQL on anything use case as well. So, um, so we're gonna get uh, uh, talk a little bit about that more generically, kind of as we talk with Marius, um, and then we'll get more into the weeds of of uh, contributing to Trino and how you actually do it uh, after we we go over uh, Marius's journey. But without further ado, let's uh, let's hop back over into uh, this screen and and Marius. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to bring you front and center. Tell, tell us about kind of uh, a little more about you, you said you got started in uh, by by checking out that Pinterest uh, it was a query book, right? Um, and that kind of moved you over into to Trino land. Uh, what, what was your like, what, what did you do? Did you start on Slack or, or where did you, you go? I kind of just want to kind of understand uh, your, your journey as of like three months ago.
2: Uh, actually, I was. Uh, uh, I learned about a book, uh, A friend of mine described it to me, mm. showed, the, showed me a small demo of it, and he mentioned uh, it works with Presto and with Spark SQL, and it does this transparently. And I asked him, "What is Presto?" And uh, yeah. then he said, "Yeah, just something that we use to to query on on everything." And uh, then uh, I got interested. Obviously, I did. Uh, I did a search on Google about Presto. Got uh, I got landed. Uh, Google did a good uh, work uh, for landing me on uh, Trino's website. And uh, then I read a bit uh, about the story, how the Presto comes to come to be created, and uh, the creators leaving Facebook to concentrate further on. Uh, presto and uh, eventually they created trino and uh, uh, then i i obviously i uh, downloaded the installation on my computer and uh, wanted to to try it out
1: did and, you Docker or, or how did you install it i'm just kind of curious which one you which one you prefer did you just do the tar
2: yes yes i just uh, downloaded the, the the archive and uh, okay. uh, actually i did a scenario which wasn't uh, which is not necessarily the most recommended one for the uh, uh, newbies because uh, i was trying to 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 to, to make a test query really on um, um, amazon s3 and uh, this uh, got me to a lot of uh, unexpected trouble because i had to install uh, apache uh Metastore software in order to have it running. And there, fortunately, there was uh, you and uh, also Ashar from uh, the Trino community who just jumped. I, I tried for a few, for one hour or two hours to, to get it running. And I was about to, to to leave it as it was because it wasn't running and it wasn't saying anything. E. And then uh, you you jumped in on Slack and uh, to, to help. And uh, I was very, very impressed uh, of, of the help and also of the separation between the, um, uh, the storage and the compute. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, uh, I somehow, little by little I, uh, I, I, I keep on uh, sticking to the project. And I, I must say that I am uh, very fond of it
1: Awesome. Yeah, you know, there there's this kind of um, interesting inflection point I feel like we're at in Trino right now. Uh, and I, I talked a little bit about this at a, at a meetup that I was at recently you when you start out on some of these projects uh you know that that they're they start out in a company like facebook it's a lot it's very focused in on on one particular use case and then they bring on a couple of the other uh kind of big tech companies into uh to kind of you know vet their ideas and maybe add in more use cases you start out in these kind of like s- scenarios where people say like, oh, okay, I see, I've heard about Trino, the the big companies are talking about it and doing it, but it's not for the little guys yet, you know, and and that you have to have like a team of engineers to install it. And so as you go kind of along this like X axis of like project maturity, you get to this point where there's, you're kind of just expected to do it without docs, you're expected or minimal docs, or, you know, you kind of have this thing where you're like, oh yeah, you know, these, this, this, uh, these people, are unfortunately, like we 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 have to focus more on the on the actual product, right? Uh, versus trying to kind of appease every single person that that is interested in the project. But as the project actually matures, um, and it gets to this point where, yeah, you know, like all, all the Silicon Valley people have it, whatever. Um, it, it gets to this point where you you, you kind of have to start really thinking about wait, you know, like we need to make sure that this is easy to install, and just the fact that you were kind of mentioning your first, uh, uh, part that you were, uh, having difficulties working on it for two hours. Like, you know, we, we this is something that M- Manfred and I have talked about a lot recently. I know, I know this has been something on Manfred's mind specifically. He does a lot of the things in the docs world and, and this is, this is his primary charter in thinking like, how do I make this easier? So, you know, it, it, it while I'm, while I'm happy that you, you, we were able to kind of meet you there and the community and help enable you in other ways. I still want us to get to this point as a project where we are now kind of moving towards uh, bringing on the user that you know does not, or or the team, the engineering team that doesn't have a million hours, or you know uh, like people who already have been involved in the project to uh, actually be able to get it up and functioning. We need to have this to be something that you know the brand new person who's never heard of Trino can just come on and be like, hey. I can click this button. I can do this thing, and I can actually get to understand how to use Trino and get it working in in, in just a few steps. And this is something that you know, I like. I, why I say we're at that inflection point now, where we're where we're getting these resources and moving in that direction. Um, and and I'm hoping that uh, that the stories start to become you know uh, instead of oh yeah things got good once I actually started talking to you guys. I'm very happy that we were there there for you and and uh, being able to bring bring that to uh, a close for you and you can now be a part of the community but at the same time i want that to be a story of yeah I, I got in i started playing with it like in five minutes and then you know uh i realized it was awesome and then i got to the community and it was even better you know <laughs> that's that's the story i hope we can start to tell uh in in the, in trino land but but i i i do you know I, I am glad that uh we at least have i think that you know from what you're saying like uh the community bits are 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 starting to fill in uh, pretty well um,
0: just to clarify though, like what Marius was struggling with um, was setting up the Hive Metastore, and that's only a required piece if you are wanting to query any object storage with the Hive connector, which by the way uh, was renamed to just the Hive connector in the connector.name property recently. Hmm. Compatible but different.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but that's not necessarily quite, for example, he could have used Amazon Glue and then he wouldn't have had to set that up, right? Like the Glue, glue Data Catalog. Yeah, um, It's one of those things, right? Like if you use some other system, it just depends on what data source you query. Marius happened to choose one that's very typical, but unfortunately has that third party software requirement. At least he got off the ground with Trino itself pretty easily, I think, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is something to be said, like Trino is a difficult project in that you have all these Connectors, right? And so you not only have to worry about Trino's setup and installation, but you have to go the other route and, and think: How do I actually get these other databases installed, you know, flawlessly and eas- easily, um, so that you know, so that basically people can uh, 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 utilize it? And one thing I think. We're we're heading to there is you know a lot of this stuff with containerization and and, and Kubernetes and stuff like that, but uh, but we're getting there, there's definitely a, a, a slow walk towards that, um, and uh, and you know as as we mature and, and move further in that direction, I think that's going to also help make it make all the things that you have to deploy like meta stores and other databases and things like that much much simpler uh, uh, for anybody trying to get scaled up. So 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 um, so then. You, you a lot of people get involved to some degree like they'll they'll start up trino and they'll use it for a little bit and maybe they'll they'll bring it into their company but you didn't just stop there you kind of started saying okay well you, I don't know tell me about what it was like when you what got you to say well I want to like look at the actual code or I wanna what was the next step after you you got trino running
2: uh, the, the next step was uh, the I, uh, I started browsing a bit uh, open PRS and uh, uh, I uh, I had a look on uh, what uh, what the PRS are, are doing obviously when uh, I at the time I was uh, pretty much out of context but uh, there were uh, very very minor Java related uh, Improvements, code cosmetics. Let's let's call it. Let's call them like this. And I said uh, I uh, I could make a PR just uh, just for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the next thing was that I uh, uh, cloned the repository and uh, uh, in uh, starting off with uh, any new project uh Actually, it's not a new project. It's a project which has uh, twenty thousand commits or twenty-three thousand commits. Yeah. Uh, when starting off, uh, you 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 have to go through the bar burden of uh, downloading all the dependencies, uh, setting it up, yeah. hoping that uh, it will not complain for this or that JVM-related uh, stuff. Yeah and in my case this uh, step went flawlessly and uh, i could make the the pr and uh, then uh, i uh, i simply thought okay code cosmetics is good and fine but i just tried to to see a good first issue yeah and you you have the label uh, good first issue there's quite a lot of them good first issues and i just took one which i thought uh, I'm familiar with a few databases that uh, Trino is working with and I said to myself uh, I might as well uh, try to, to refactor some tests which were dealing with Cassandra, I think, with the Cassandra database and um, I was very very impressed by the fact that uh, the tests the automated tests uh, uh, take a uh, very, very small time. I mean, there are some tests which take a bit uh, longer, yeah, in a matter of minutes. They have a lot of test cases, but uh, yeah. there are lots and lots of tests which are uh, uh, which run very, very fast, and uh, yeah. this allows uh, a really, really
0: good. Uh, uh, experience for a new so how, how did you set up what did you like set up like you had a jvm you followed the instructions did you end up what what ide did you use for example uh, did you run the tests in the ide or
2: yes um i i uh i just uh, cloned the repository i uh use uh, jetbrains as uh jetbrains uh, idea uh, and uh I, uh, I just followed the instructions and as uh, previously mentioned in my case uh, it uh, it went flawlessly for uh, getting off the ground and starting the development server or starting the, the CLI, the client, the Trino CLI for making queries. All this uh, worked on my case uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and this was uh, a very, very, uh, very
0: reassuring. Uh, it's satisfying, isn't it, when you get something done? Yes, yeah. generally
2: I contributed to multiple projects along my career, and uh, it's really a, a a stepping stone, let's say, like this when. Uh, uh, you, you just clone the repository and then you just click Maven, clean install. In this case, we are using Maven. Yeah. And uh, you expect uh, you, you skip the tests. I mean, in my case, I skip the test so that I don't wait uh, a long time. And mm-hmm. I just hope generally that it will just run fine. And uh, in this case, it, uh, it went very good and we uh, uh, yeah then uh, things uh, started to to work and uh, a very very big uh, uh, thing that uh, motivated me is the 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 fact that the members from the community uh, the the new buyers and um, the i mean there are employees who maybe are not that how, how to say maybe are uh, they are not that uh, familiar with the software but they uh, and there are uh, the the committers and the maintainers who are very very deep into the Trino technology they are all very humble and they contribute with answers or with uh, uh, opinions uh, on how uh, if if I uh, if I was stuck during these few months since I joined the community, I, there was always a helping hand, and uh, this is something that I appreciate very much.
1: Yeah, I remember David. Uh, we were talking about uh, this was during the rebrand episode, uh, and I was talking to David Phillips about um, you know his. his uh, one one of the things that I think you have to learn when you start moving into like kind of moderating and maintaining an open source project is when you're when you're talking about people, talking to people um, on their pull requests, like you're dealing with a human on the other side. And this human has like emotions and, and has, you know, feelings that can easily be hurt. <laughs> and so you're not just talking to some, you know, a lot of times I think we we see a screen and letters and maybe an avatar and we especially if the avatar doesn't have a human picture on it, like it's easy to kind of think almost like you're just talking to another machine or something. Um, And, and so obviously, like logically, you don't think that, but it's just, it's easier to disconnect yourself and be kind of a rude person on the internet um, versus, you know, face to face. And, and, uh, you know, you see a lot of this kind of toxic developer culture kind of, you know, fill out in a lot of uh open source projects just because i think that's one of the big factors as well as just you know there was a a bit of uh aggrandization about you know being this uh uh jerk programmer sometimes and so people kind of followed that uh that mentality uh or that kind of ethos uh in the the developer culture like if you're not a good developer you just don't belong here and yeah it's also
0: hard though right like i mean like I've maintained many open source projects over my like Android Maven plugin and others, and often you're like the lone wolf running this thing, and you're getting contributions, and people get demanding and that like, well, what what's happening? Why aren't you yeah. cutting the new release? So it yeah. is hard on both sides, and it I think that's hard, what you yeah. have to keep in mind, right? Like it is all about working together in the yeah. end, and um, if you stay humble and work together, we can get a lot done. And I think Mari is a great example. I think you started also picking off some docs tickets that we created with the docs and like first issue label and stuff like that, just dipping your feet in even as a user, right? I mean, you've experienced you're a uh, Java developer that has done other open source projects, but you don't have to necessarily be that experienced, right? Like we did this writing day a while ago and we had people that never even like knew about java and they did a little bit of a contribution here and they are on the talks right so i think it's it's great to to stay humble but at the same side also as a as a contributor it's sometimes you can't just be so like don't be too demanding either right like it's hard right like
1: it's a balance
0: all of us are super busy right like it's like
1: and there's also cultural things too, right? Like there's also the, you know, th- there, there are people that, uh, you know, have different ideas about what's rude and what's not rude. Yeah. And so yeah, you also have those types of, uh, uh, things like some, some people are, are kind of, uh, and some people are more online. Some people are separated in different day schedules. So, so it's, you have such a melting pot in any kind of project like this. So yeah, it is important to always keep an open mind and that's definitely advice for the, the Trinubi that's, you know, coming even into our project. We, we're very welcoming we're a very humble group uh i, I would I, I mean i modestly say so that we are very humble um <laughs> <laughs> no, is that an
0: oxymoron or what? <laughs> <Is that? laughs>
1: and so but but I, I i like to think that we we do our best to to kind of be a welcoming in, environment and and uh you know based on what what people typically say about their experience once they're involved in the community that that seems to be reflected and so uh you know while we while we do that we we also yeah do kind of hope that like the people joining also kind of take in this culture and are, are are you know remember that there's a human being on the other side that's you know reviewing your code as well as you know when you start to get in that more of that role if you start to get active into it you know think about that and and uh, and always keep that uh, in, in your mind and you know Uh, We're all kind of on the same team trying to make amazing software, amazing fast uh, query engines uh, that have little bunnies powering them. And uh, so so just uh, just keep that in mind. And and that's, uh, you know, I think like, like you were saying, Manfred, like Marius is a perfect example of why why we do that and why we think like, you know, you know, anybody that comes in may be the next person that will be a maintainer. Um, yeah there's
0: like I just looked on the slack on the general channel there's nearly four and a half thousand people now right so mm-hmm. it's it's a sizable community of people hanging out and working together yep maybe, maybe marius what what so what have you done then you said you you got like RPR going but like what did you like is there a list or like you were, like seems like you've been very busy and are you using trino in production yourself now or is it still no. just a passion hackery or
2: no, it's uh, currently it's just a, it's just a passion project, and uh, the the thing that I wanted to uh, since I was studying, uh, I uh, I was using SQL for uh, lots of times, decades uh, now. But uh, I always asked myself, how do the people behind the SQL, behind the the, the ones writing the databases, uh, do it? and uh, to be honest i didn't have the uh i don't know the 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 right motivation to to start uh, doing it and uh, to really uh, see how things are running and uh, i've been using now another cloud database who is uh, who's also uh, separating uh, uh, compute from storage And uh, I was looking at the progress and how the computation is uh, taking place. And uh, I was asking myself, how do they do it behind? And uh, I think Trino, the the experience with Trino came at the right time because I actually could see how Trino is doing. I mean, it's not uh, Mm -hmm. it's not something that I uh, uh, I uh, clearly understand now, but I have a a pretty good uh, um, how to say a head a head start uh, now? I, I I understand now that the basics how the database is running. We have a uh, analyzer part, and we have uh, the what's uh, what's happening behind when uh, SQL query comes in, and all these things uh, led me to 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 dive within the the Trino code, and uh, it's very very. Uh, Exciting to to be able to to contribute to to this
0: uh, to this uh, uh,
2: very good piece of
0: software. Awesome. Yeah, SQL yeah. is a bit different in an aspect, right? Like oh SQL, as people so often say, it's it's a bit magic in the sense that any programming language you like have to write all the stuff what it actually has to do, mm. and in SQL is a bit different from a like programming point of view because you just tell it get me that data and then the engine has to go well how how am i actually going to do that so all that smart is what you're looking into like how it has to understand what does the user even mean when it says select where something right like that planning and processing and then where to get the data from and i think that's 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 definitely engineering wise definitely very interesting so yeah, so,
1: yeah. oh go ahead
0: uh, i uh, I mean, I'm not the only
2: one thinking like this, but uh, now that there are lots and lots of people interested in, uh, in doing uh, insights, uh, it's pretty clear that they, they don't want to, to learn programming in order to, to do a MapReduce uh, job, just to, to get their uh, uh, insights uh, have, uh, coming to them. Yep. But uh, they are more or less, I mean, they are starting to get more and more uh, ready to, to type in SQL statement. And uh, that, that's why uh, SQL is uh, doing a, a pretty much uh, good, uh, really good job to to democratize the, the access to information. Yeah. I, I
1: think. yeah, it's it's really cool. Like uh, to, it, it, it's a cool thing. It's, it, it actually goes to like this whole service architecture thing, right? Where you there's a lot of problems that you're kind of separating and abstracting away. And in general, like you know, it's like the declarative versus imperative type type of thing, right? Imperative, we're always like you know coding exactly what happens at exact times, managing the memory, and doing every little piece. Uh, versus, you know, with declarative. You're you're basically saying this is a language that tells me what I need to do. Like if you look at Kubernetes now, that's becoming so huge because now you can just basically have this uh, set of Declarative uh, uh, pieces of of uh, configuration, you don't necessarily know how it's going to get spun up or what actual underlying you know system it's going to work on. It's all up to Kubernetes to kind of manage that, but then it, it kind of does the magic for you, and and you're kind of uh, left with only the the only part you have to think about is this is what I need you figure it out, go get it for me and do some magic and, and, and it it works. Um, so, so that's, uh, that's why I think, yeah, it, it is definitely something that, and, and the better part is that like, you know, it's so ubiquitous now it's like a light switch. Uh, you know, everybody kind of, at least in the analytics world, you know, uh, most people uh that that are in, in in some sort of analytics role or data science role uh you know they have all their different languages and all the different frameworks but the the one kind of unifying piece there is is always pretty much been SQL, uh and and that's been you know why we we keep bringing it back it's it's people see, keep saying that SQL is kind of maybe dying and all these things the same way that java is dying right yeah. um (laughs) But, uh, but you, you keep seeing it like it never goes each year. It's still here, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, um, so yeah, so it's, it's one of those, those things that, uh, uh, it's super has super high utility. It's been around forever and it's pretty much just not going anywhere and, and super useful. So, um, so, yeah, it's cool, cool to, to peek underneath and actually get to, to uh, learn more about that. So, so how, how many? I know you're a very modest, Marius. Like, I, I, I asked this to you before, and I actually uh, erroneously put out, I think that you had done, I, I had seen four PRs whenever I put out the description here. Uh, just brag about yourself for like one second and tell us how many PRs you, you actually have out right now. I'm just curious.
2: Uh- i i really don't count them i, I don't really think it's uh, that important i have something over 10 in the meantime
1: okay uh, great and this I is use, three months actually
2: yeah. i use the prs to my uh, to my advantage if i do a pr then uh, for example this is how i got in contact with manfred i did a pr about the documentation and i know that if i do a pr I will get answers to my suppositions. Or if I do a PR for writing a function, I know that, uh, I don't know, uh, Martin uh, from uh, Trino or Cassia from Trino will uh, jump in and they will uh, actually help. Or with David uh, uh, Phillips, I I know that uh, I was uh, one of my first PRs were actually uh, typing the method uh, Clear in the Trino CLI. I I happen uh, not to know that um, we have the shortcut uh, Control L uh, Command L, and for um, clearing the, the the console. And I just wrote a, a clear command, and uh, we we just talked about it. I also learned along the way that there is a shortcut to do this. So actually, I use them. It's not that. I'm that uh, good. I, I as said, I, I use all these things to to get a better understanding. And uh, wh- while doing a PR, uh, I I get really to the privilege to interact with uh, very experienced um, um, engineers uh, working at, uh, uh, at this software. That's a and I guess it also thing.
0: forces you to learn things. Uh, yeah, I, I was cool. going
1: to say, that's a fantastic way of looking at it, too, is, you know, PR. some people see PR as kind of like these uh, badges and achievements, but you're saying that's more, you see it as more of a, a kind of like a learning module.
2: It's an opportunity to collaborate. There mm-hmm. are really, uh, uh, lastly, I uh, I didn't uh, know there's a function called uh, minhash. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to to verify the similarity between two two documents, and I didn't know anything about it, but I just stumbled upon it, and uh, this led me to re- read uh, the paper behind it, and uh, then uh, I interacted a bit with Martin because he was the uh, initial developer, and I got a better understanding and I uh, on what this function was written for. And then uh, I got to use the Lambda functions, which are available in Trino, which is really, a really a neat feature. I mean, yeah. uh, we, we cannot say that uh, SQL is uh, dying since uh, we have uh, Lambda functions, <laughs> we have uh, yeah. functions <laughs> developed by Cassia, yeah. match recognized, which is really impressive. Yep. it's really, really, uh, uh, it's really, really good to have to to have the uh, to be part of this.
1: Awesome. Well, we're I mean we're super uh, honored to have you in our community. Uh, we're super impressed by. All the things you've done in just the last three months, and you know, for anybody that's that's kind of listening in, you know, it's it's totally possible to, uh, you know, get get uh, ramped up. And even if you're not, uh, you know, pulling out a whole bunch of PRs in the beginning, uh, oh, like a huge chunk of those those pull, pull requests that that you've been uh, doing, Marius, it's it's focused on the docs as well. So that if is is as we were talking about before, when it comes to getting people ramped up, I mean, I feel like docs are becoming like, I mean, they, they're always important, but they're like, it's becoming more and more crucial that we have those, doc- that documentation and, and Manfred will always, uh, uh, gladly take more pull requests for, for documentation because we, we, we need it and we need that so that we can make that, that ramp up process for anybody on any connector to, to kind of uh, go from, you know, maybe uh hour to like, uh, or less to, to something like, you know, the five minutes that, that we want on, on any connector. It's not, you know, so, so that's, that's incredible that, uh, that you have that. And, and I hope that people kind of find inspiration there. Um, now that you've been uh, kind of, uh, you know, you, I'm guessing you're going to continue working on various pull requests, and, and you're as as you kind of grow and you're trying to learn more. Um, you know, is there anything uh, that you're specifically focused in in the project that interests you a lot, or where you're kind of like, you know, I have my favorite connector. Uh, no, it's no uh, mystery to anybody that I love Elasticsearch, uh, the Elasticsearch connector. So that's kind of like my place. I like to hang out. Um, I, I review other things here and there, but but that's mostly where I, I particularly contribute. Is there anywhere that you? Found particular interest, or are you just kind of like trying to be as as breadth first as possible when it comes to like attacking the project? Uh,
2: I, I think uh, the, the the second option uh, applies mm-hmm. better to me because if I uh, if I get uh, a lot of breadcrumbs along the way, I can uh, compile them to have a better context where this uh, tool can be um, can be useful and. Uh, as, uh, as mentioned previously, while doing this miscellaneous uh, work uh, here a bit and there a bit, I get to, to, to learn uh, new, new people and new uh, very interesting ideas and exchange uh, pretty much uh, very good ideas. And uh, uh, I think uh, I'll, uh, I'll continue to my journey to, to understand how a database works. Awesome. Yes.
0: How a database works. Yes. So, so at some stage in the future, can we have you back to explain it to me as well? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That would that, that would be great if you could actually yeah, tell I me, mean, Manfred, what's going on. <laughs> hopefully, we
2: we'll, uh, we we'll get to the point where it's uh, where, where it's uh, explained within the docs and uh, uh, so everybody can contribute. Uh, so, to, slowly
1: you're going to write the documentation so that we can understand what's going on. Got it. I, I,
2: <laughs> and we'll, we'll keep really, going at it for sure. <laughs> I really think that it's a good uh, strategy to, to understand something. You, uh, I, I try to, to, to write about it, and uh, while thinking about it, uh, I, uh, I uh, let's say I uh, refine my understanding about the, the concept in question. So that's
1: great. I, I really like that outlook, Marius. You're you have like I, I feel like you have just the right mindset when it comes to open source, too, and just like being a contributor.
2: There are people who are very good at uh, getting things done. And are people who are uh, really good in uh, uh, spreading the word and uh, doing uh, the documentation But here at uh, Trino there's really a good mix of uh, people being able to do both. And uh, yes, I think uh, I think uh, there, there can be a lot of things built on top of that.
1: Awesome. Well, love love that journey, love that story. Um, and I really like again, I think like the biggest thing I pull away from when I when every time I have a conversation with you is just how I my my own like motivations for like kind of getting into open source was all like I just want to be like writing code and doing a cool project with other people, but like the learning aspect that you're you're bringing up there is just like yeah that's I mean that's really powerful stuff. Um, and so, uh, so thanks for kind of sharing all that with us. And you know, I, I think it's a good uh, a good frame of context for anybody who's approaching open source, especially for the first time, uh, to to kind of come in and, and uh, thinking about uh, you know uh, what what they can do and, and kind of uh, you know what what how it will help them and how it will also benefit the the general project at large. So. Um, so with that, uh, I, I am going to do a quick wrap up um, and talk a little bit about contributing to Trino as kind of the, the final part uh, that, we, that we're going to talk about. And I, I mainly want to first talk about uh, some of the roles uh, that um, we, we have this particular page uh, here and the Trino website called Development Roles. Um, you, you can find it by going to the development page. And, uh, it's one of the pages that are linked from the, the initial page, but I wanted to make this a little more, uh, obvious because it is a little buried at the time. And I think it's kind of important to understand, uh, how we view some different players in the community. So we have, uh, you know, participants. These are people that, uh i would say generally use uh and and know about trino in some way and so typically it's by by using trino um you know they they'll kind of hop in on the pull request or on the issues and uh and kind of engage in discussion about you know kind of things they'd like to see um and uh, and particularly suggest features uh talk about bugs and and uh one of the things that uh um that we take in this role like. Sometimes there's this high level of of emphasis on the contributor. And while we we love uh, folks that are are contributing codes and documentation, we really, really think that this role is, is the most important role out of all, because it really comes down to how how trino will evolve and how trino will become better is ultimately by the uh the aggregation of use cases uh and and the uh ability for us to kind of take those on um and and basically that will indicate two things one it's interest in this this field of analytics and sql to know that we're we're kind of heading in the right direction of how we should be you know uh uh Addressing people's pain, and then two. Uh, <laughs> Grab! I forgot the second
2: point. Um.
1: I had the list there, and then uh, it, it escaped from me. But the, I think the the main point that I'm trying to make here is uh, is that uh, this this really comes to uh, addressing, you know, uh, f- figuring out how they we can bring in these use cases uh, and and ultimately grow as a project and bring on you know features that maybe we didn't that that wasn't part of the you know let's say uh, first 100 companies that kind of came in and really adopted Trino, you know, this, this ends up kind of my, uh, growing to a much broader community, a much more diverse community of smaller companies, of, of smaller teams and maybe individual, uh, um, Uh, contributors uh, that that really just took a special interest into into trino and so you have you start getting these uh these this interesting broad spectrum of of use cases and ultimately like that gets brought in not necessarily always with just people who are contributing code but that really comes in with with people who are using the software and saying hey i have this you know this itch can you guys scratch it and you know and we we, we do our best
0: but for this participation, what I want to point out is this can be super minimal and it can be basically nothing, right? Like if you're joining Slack and just hanging out and watching what other people are talking about, you are part of the community, you're a participant. Yep. If you are cloning the repository, or even if you're just on GitHub starring the repository and showing that you're interested, or on a release note post you're retweeting it or whatever. All of these things are very important activities that help us as a project to figure out that well, people did like that release, or they did like a certain feature, or they are paying attention. All that stuff is very important for us as a project. So if you are a, a Trino user, do any of those things as you like and, yeah. and be part of our community. Uh,
1: please do. And and definitely, you know, if you like even some people think like, "Oh yeah, it's not the I'm gonna share a tweet about something. maybe it's not going to be that big of a deal, but it's a huge deal actually to actually just tell your friends about Trino, even if you're not doing it on on like a uh, on on a social media account or anything like that, just telling other people about trino, your experiences in the community and and pieces like that that is really what what makes projects successful
0: um well Marius was told by a friend right
1: yep, exactly there's <laughs> point in case case in point right there. <laughs> So, um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what we mean when we think of the participant. And uh, this applies to a, a very large spectrum and pretty much anybody who's in the, involved in, even remotely in the community as a participant. Then, uh, you know, we have another uh, level that we call contributor. And these are people that, uh, you know, essentially we're going to talk about this a little more. We'll go through the process of signing a a, a, a CLA and we'll uh, actually contribute code uh, or documentation or something that kind of, you know, uh, require, you know, some sort of artifact that gets uh, contributed could also be a blog. Um, And uh, and so any of these uh, kind of contributions makes you in the uh, uh, contributor level. Um, then we have reviewers. Uh, reviewers are, are maybe, you know, just it, it is likely kind of an overlapping set with contributors. You know, uh, sometimes people that are reviewers uh, also contribute, but sometimes, you know, it could be just as simple as reviewing a blog or something like that. You you then fall under this uh, this this um, um, phase of our of, type of person. Um, and so, uh, these people are, are trying to get, basically make sure that the, uh, uh, the contributions being made, the code or the documentation or the blog, the language of the blog, the way that we talk about things, uh, align with the vision that, that, uh, has been kind of set forth, uh, by the Trino project and the Trino software foundation. So, so, uh, you know, anybody can do this. You don't have to be a contributor to be a reviewer, um, though that that ha- typically is kind of the the uh, way that a lot of it happens. You know, you usually start contributing and then you start reviewing other people's stuff. But, you know, there's no requirement to be one first or the other. Um, and then uh, the next final level, and uh, this is the level that uh, is, is, is kind of uh, for... Uh, a small uh, committee of, of folks that are basically called maintainers. Um, sometimes uh, I think other projects, uh, like in Apache, I think it's called Committer. Uh, and this is basically the, the uh, a core group of, de- of developers that are are kind of uh, uh, the primary uh, um, people that will uh, decide kind of what, what uh, uh, kind of do, get the ability to kind of do merges, um, the ability to kind of um, uh, bring... To, to bring in a uh, different kind of uh, di- uh, discussion on uh- with the the direction or the vision of the project. Um, And, and ultimately uh, there is a little more uh, power in this role, I guess you could say, but, but the idea here is that, you know, there's, there's this really cool Apache hive uh, um, thing that I'm going to, I linked in the notes. Uh, It talks about the process of becoming a committer and uh, they have this section called the dark side of, of becoming a committer. uh, And it says that you go without saying, but here it is. Anyways, your participation in the project should be a natural part of your work with and it's in this case they were talking about hive but we would say trino instead and if you find yourself undertaking tasks so that you can become a committer then you're doing it wrong young padawan <laughs> and so uh so that motivations is particularly true if your motivations are primarily like negative or self-centered like you want to just have the power um and so that's not why we have maintainers the idea of a maintainer is is to Focus on the project health, make sure things don't fall through the cracks, make sure that people are are being treated respectfully and make sure that uh, that ultimately uh, that there is uh, no bias in terms of how we're, we're leading the project. And so so this is really uh, um, a, a role uh, that takes a lot of active time. Uh, and so it's not like a passive like side gig kind of thing. It's one almost like a, I would say a full time job. And so it's not to be taken kind of uh, lightly if you do decide you want to get to uh, where you know, even be considered for a maintainer and or if you're ever asked, you know, just know it comes with a lot of responsibility. And so we have a, a small set of people that are, are in this this role. And and we're very happy to, to have a lot of them, uh, uh, you know, kind of taking on that, uh, that responsibility. So um, so those are the, the responsibilities. We're going to eventually talk a little more about the contribution part, because I think that's going to be a huge majority. But before we do that, we want to uh, uh, quickly talk about uh, the PR of the week. So uh, this week's uh, PR of the week is uh, one of the ones that M- uh, Marius did. Uh, so let me pull that one open. Uh, and it's poor quest 8135. So this one, uh Marius, do you want to just you can explain it better than I can and and thankfully uh we have you here to tell us about it. So can you tell us uh, kind of uh what uh what this is addressing and uh what motivated you to get uh get started on it?
2: Um as you are as you mentioning, Manfred, sometimes it's enough just to, 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 to see on Slack what's happening. And one of the users was complaining about the, the missing of functionality related to changing the time zone or specifying the time zone within Trino. And in another context, I did something related. In, uh, in another project, and I thought uh, this should go relatively fast. It didn't go that fast, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, I learned uh, a lot uh, along the way because I, I happened to, to interact with um, the with grammar analyzer of Trino, and I happened to, to uh, develop a full command. And uh, write tests about it, and write uh, also the documentation on how to use it. Uh, also learned along the way that uh, setting the time zone uh, is very, very uh, can be very specialized. You can uh, use the, the the syntax that I was used to, like uh, set time zone America Los Angeles, or I don't know Europe Vienna but you can also use a uh, time interval you can uh, you can uh, there are quite a lot of uh, of different things and we also have uh, a local so that you can if you set a time zone for a short time within your session and uh, you want to get back to your uh, regular settings then you can switch back to to the local time zone to the local time zone uh, of your uh, your system, you know, got it.
1: Yeah, this I thought this was really neat that uh, you know you actually got to get into a little bit of the AST uh, definition here and actually build out uh, you know a little bit of code with the parser. I always think the, these these ones you know when we're when we're uh, extending the existing support for SQL are always a lot of fun. So you know basically when you touch the parser, uh, you're actually extending some of the uh, the uh, capabilities uh, of trino to uh to handle another uh keyword in in, in sql so so th- these are always really fun whenever I, I get excited when i see the uh the ast uh definition here so
2: yeah definitely yes i i feel the same way and uh i uh, i i must say that uh, not being experienced enough with a project i always have uh, double thoughts in uh doing big changes i also made another uh, SQL command from uh, SQL uh, 2016 standard, which is much more complicated. Yeah, and uh, it's I am really uh, I have double thoughts in uh, Did I do Did I do it right? Or uh, uh, I have good intentions, but uh, uh, I know that the maintainers, as you mentioned, they have a lot of responsibilities, so. If I uh, do some things and uh, they seem to me that they work fine and the maintainers also say, yeah, well, uh, seems to be good. In the end, uh, when, when this gets merged, it's the maintainers who, who carry the burden of uh, fixing the bugs uh, that uh, were left behind. I mean, yeah. so I always have uh, I'm, I'm always very um, I'm not uh, I'm not very keen in changing the. Um, at the syntax but uh yeah. nevertheless, it was very very uh inter- an interesting experience and i hope that the user who was uh, complaining about this may
0: uh, uh, actually use it in the near future okay. so i see that it's merged does that mean it's gonna be out with 359
1: that's what i see down here milestone yeah. 359 awesome so. landing landing on the next one so look forward to we'll, we'll see we'll bring that one up uh in the next uh show um, well, that's super awesome. And again, the 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 way that you look at this, where you're seeing this burden on on the maintainers, and you are are taking that extra step of of concern uh, and and uh, I like uh, care for. That yes, the maintainers—it's—it's uh, it's ultimately them th- their, their idea. But you know, try not to be the kind of contributor that maybe just throws the code over, and it's like okay, it's like it's—it's it's kind of like that when we have the QA team, and you just say, hey, it's your—it's your job to test it. You your know? problem now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your problem now. I—I—I I, I made the thing work. So uh, for for this these, these cases, so I I think like you know going into the open source project, thinking, did I check everything? Uh, let me just you know think about how can i uh and, and even asking that question you know if you're if you're new to the project or if you're new to open source you know you should hopefully feel comfort a level of comfort and especially i'm i'm just putting it out there now feel the level of comfort to to go up to a maintainer and say hey i i am you know uh new to this and i i i'm kind of concerned that if i make this contribution it might have this problem so you know what are the extra things that you would suggest that i should be like looking out for and uh, or is there any kind of blog or resource that, you know, or, or book, I know, I know in general, we, uh, there's a, there's a book that's recommended uh, for just Java coding in general. Um, it's the, I think, do I have it here? Ah, Effective Java. This is one of the ones that like are particularly re- recommended uh, by, by the, by Martin Dan and David, uh, as well as I think it might just be, I can't remember. I think it's somewhere, somewhere in, one of our, uh, you know, recommendations to, to read through that book. or know that book. So like having those types of resources to kind of fall back on in terms of like, what are, what's good practice and things like that is always a good thing to be thinking through as you're, as you're doing this, but you're not going to have it all in the beginning and nobody has it all ever. So, so you just have to kind of take it in stride and just know that, you know, work with them, let them know that you're, you're concerned about, you know, making this particular thing and they'll, they'll, you know, we're we're here to work with you in terms of your growth as a, as a contributor in in that respect. So, so, um, but yeah, very great point that you're, you're, you're bringing up that, that there is that real concern uh, there to, to bring that extra burden um, back on the maintainer. So thank you so much for for this pull request and all the other pull requests Marius. Uh, we don't always get to thank the the uh, authors of the pull request of the week here so I'm just glad to say uh, thank you very much.
2: <laughs> thank you thank you as well for having me here.
1: Yeah. So uh, so now uh, we're, we're already over the hour. I don't know how much time we're going to go into this, but I would like to at least cover a couple of these steps that we use in terms of what it takes to contribute to Trino. Um, we wanted to do a live contribution here on the show, but given the time, it might not make sense to do that today. Uh, what do you think, Manfred? Do we? do we just? Yeah, I
0: think um, it's gonna. It's available in the. In the notes, and I think we might do it another time. But I know I I might it's worth do. going through just outlining what the steps are. Probably,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna just go through this process offline uh, and record it, and I will m- embed it in the notes. How's that sound? Uh, and because I really oh, want to have a video that kind of goes through. We we have you know some of the steps, but for for people that like you know, uh, don't have, again, have never done this before, don't have an IDE or don't have all the steps. Like I wanted to have a a holistic set of steps that we pulled together for this. And, um, and so the basic idea, I'll just run you through. So I'm going to cheat and we're not going to do the demo today in interest of time, but we will have this uh, outlined off, off uh, the live stream. So first and foremost, you, you download your IDE um ide is an integrated development environment uh that's it's basically this little piece of thing here that uh that has this you know all your code uh that you can do you can actually uh run the code and build the code uh and have your uh, terminal all within the same uh, application so you don't have to be like jumping back and forth between your text editors and has all these extra things too of syntax highlighting and things like that that's what an ide does you're pulling that down and we, we recommend the IntelliJ community edition. So you, you will have a link there and you just go, there's ultimate, which ultimately, you know, like 30, you can do the 30 day trial, but then you're eventually going to have to pay for it, or maybe your company may pay for it. So you already have ultimate, but, um, you know, if you're not in that in that boat, and I always use Community, uh, there's very few things that I've used that, that require Ultimate. Uh, usually, you know, if I'm in an enterprise setting, that's when I would need it. But for, for hacking on open source, Community does just everything you need. So you can pull that down and it's uh, it's totally free. And uh, you just get it for whatever uh, installation that you're running it on. And you're going to need to install Git. We have linked uh, uh, what Git is and kind of the ste- uh, stepping, uh, a set of steps to install Git uh, that is on the main git website um you also have to install docker we we use our testing framework Mm -hmm. uses docker uh docker is a uh basically uh allows you to run different services so we were talking earlier like you have to run databases and all these other things uh to to connect to Mm -hmm. so running that is easier to do in a containerized uh type of uh uh, uh, Setup here, so we use Docker to you know spin up a local instance of say Elasticsearch or MySQL or uh, you know meta stores pieces like that that need to be up in order for us to uh, run tests on the in- integration test on the system. So and it's also very useful if you want to play around with with Trino yourself as well. So we have the steps linking to Docker here. Then you go and create GitHub, a GitHub account if you haven't already. Uh, we also cover those steps uh, as well. And uh, GitHub is a free hosted Git repository. So, uh, again, these, these may be things that you know already, maybe things that you can just skip over. You already have this. Um, then you'll navigate to our Trino GitHub repository. While you're there, you know, uh, if you if you want to, give us a little star, uh, and then after you're done starring us, give us a little fork. And um, once you uh, fork the repository, what this does is it makes a copy of the of the Trino repository that you can actually uh, commit your changes to, so that you don't have to have all your code sitting on your computer. Uh, You can write your code, commit it to this this copy that you have on GitHub. And then later on, it will actually be uh, super useful because you'll be able to do uh, a what's called a pull request into the system itself. So uh, make sure you do that. It will do
0: all that work in the branch.
1: Yeah, you do all that work in a particular in a separate branch. So we'll we'll talk more about that. And in fact, that's probably something else I should I should add in here. We'll we'll get we're definitely going to get a whole holistic list of like every step for the total train newbie um, at at some point. Um, once you actually have that fork, you'll you'll actually want to clone it uh, and then and load it into IntelliJ. So you run this command: git clone. It's going to have your username that you created in GitHub, and then. Uh, after that, you will that uh, we have a, a couple link steps to uh, open a Trino project or a Maven project in IntelliJ. Then you have to add the airlift code style checks. Uh, this is uh, another piece that makes it really easy so that when you want to, uh, we, we have a very uh, specific code structure that we want to adhere to. So you download the uh, style definition, you load it into IntelliJ, and then anytime you're done uh, with you know hacking on the code, you can just run reformat code on that file that you were working on. And then it will basically just uh, uh, format the code in the way that will be required for, for, the, uh, for various uh, uh, steps to run. And I'll detail that whenever I actually uh, run through this uh, demo of, of creating an issue and, uh, and actually running through the uh, code itself. Then um, to build the project, uh, one of our greatest uh, resources in Trino history, I, I'd say, is this little cheat sheet that Fyodor uh, uh, Findason uh, actually has. And it has a whole bunch of these like quick build, running Trino in the Docker, a whole bunch of these other things. But I I always use it for this quick build thing that he has set up. So he specifically cuts out uh, modules that aren't needed um, for for your typical build. You do a clean install. You can split it over threads, multiple threads. Uh, I actually have no idea what this NSU parameter does, but I just keep it there because, you know, Piotr does it. And then you're skipping the tests that, you know if you if you uh unless you want to run a very specific test you can skip all the tests so that you're not there waiting for you know uh, i don't know an hour <laughs> and then uh you don't have to make the javadocs you don't have to make the maven source you don't have to uh run the air, the air check uh basically the the checks to make sure that uh your code is uh, following through, you just want to get a build of the system so that it's running. That's what that build does. But then uh, to um, to actually check the if you're um, if you've have any issues with um, the the code style or anything like that, you could take out this air check skip all and uh, and then you just uh, you you basically run almost the same command. And I only run that on like let's say if I'm running in Trino Elasticsearch. I would just instead of doing this uh, this um, bat bang symbol here, the exclamation point, uh, I just do I take that out and then I, I put just the one project that I'm trying to actually uh, do my work in and then remove the uh, the check for uh, the the code uh, style. So that's part. of- This is
0: of- a general thing like this this list where you have minus pl that just says. The bank symbol says, not those modules. And yes, you can see what excludes, there's like the RPM build and stuff like that, things that are like downstream artifacts that you don't need if you're not using that specific artifact. And then in your case, where you're just building the Trino one, you just run it in there. You can also just go into that directory and run the command.
1: Yeah. So, so all all the all the different options that that uh, if you want to do it there, I, I always typically just run it from the <laughs> from from oh, the, yeah. the root level. So that's why I always just like like having this little list, and it's very clear about uh, what's being run. Um, so yeah, multiple options there. Once you've gotten to where your code is actually you know good, and maybe you just do this well before you have to sign a contributor license agreement. Um, this is basically just a, a PDF. That you'll print out, you'll fill out your information, and all you're basically saying is that you'll be adhering to uh, the the um, your as you contribute your code and all of your work, you'll basically be uh, committing it to an open source project that is under the Apache uh, license, and that uh, you know you claim no ownership over that code that you uh, that you commit. Um, you can you send that to CLA at Trino.io, and then every few days, uh, one of the maintainers checks it and your your name ultimately gets added to this contributor list that's in the same cla repository and so if you want to check the status is is my name in there yet you know i can check bits on data dev and there i am so uh anybody who's who's been added there um can um can go uh uh, find that and see if they you know if they've been added yet and once you're added then you'll be able to actually do the contribution so uh, I'll quickly outline the contribution process. Uh, again, the first step, uh, This, the rest of these steps will be coming from this contribution process. Um, you sign that contributor license agreement. Um, and we'll, this is where the video is gonna take place. You'll actually create an issue. An issue is basically like a ticket that's saying, this is a unit of work that or something some feature some bug that's happening and I want to you know this is the kind of uh, behavior I'm seeing and and I would like to, to be resolved to have this behavior instead. That's basically what an issue does and you can also go on to slack and even do the same type of explanations like Mario said there was a user that was com- kind of saying hey there's something missing from this and I would really like to have this being able to set the, the time zone uh, during my session so uh so th- they they went to slack to particularly talk about it and then some. i'm guessing marius did you make the issue on that after you heard yeah. that okay yes
2: I've, uh, i sp- um, martin was also involved and i asked about it and uh i uh, i just said that i'll uh, i create an issue and subsequently i'll open a corresponding pr
1: for it gotcha so yeah, so you would just go in, create the issue, uh, and then um, you know after, after that, so either somebody else can create it if they see somebody saying it about, on Slack, or it can just be the original person that had the problem. And then from that issue, then you could implement the change. That's what we were talking about with building your project, going in and actually updating the code, and then uh, make you know adding a test usually to make sure that test works. And then once you get to the point where you've implemented the change, uh and, and as well as documentation that's you know include tests and documentation as necessary um then uh you'll you'll add a pull request um and so the pull request was kind of what we were looking at before where you're going to it's going to show the difference of you know what you have versus what is in the actual central repository's master branch and then uh you know the test will get run whenever you submit to your local branch and once those tests pass you should be able to do a full-on pull request um, at that point, and then the maintainers go through this review process again. This was uh, kind of, if we look back at Marius's uh, pull request here, you know, this is kind of the process that we see. So initially, he'll submit the pull request, t- say what it's about, say which ticket it ends up resolving, uh, and that's the again the ticket the issue, and then he'll ask a couple people to review it. They'll go through. They'll add various comments. You know, this is this needs to get changed, or this could be simplified. Da 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 da. And then, um, you know, Marius is also kind of following up. Here are some kind of. Uh, uh, ways that i'm thinking about testing this and you have kind of a a bit of a dialogue on these pull requests and it's great uh you can do the same on issues as well so um so ultimately you know you have this kind of dialogue you make sure the tests are running you ultimately get some approve some consensus of approval with the maintainers and then uh once the the it's been uh the review's been performed then uh, um, the, it gets uh, merged in uh, maintainer. Again, this is the addressing the concerns we were just talking about. Um, maintainer will merge in that pull request and, uh, and ultimately that will get uh, pulled into probably the next release cycle. So that's, that's the whole process in a nutshell. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's easier when you it's kind of a lot when you're talking about it. But when you see it actually being done, and you get to where you've you've gone through it the first or uh, once or two times, it actually gets very uh, kind of like, you start taking a lot of these steps for granted, let me say that. And uh, especially because you don't have to Keep installing Git, Docker, and all the other things from the first time. Once you've once you've gone through your first uh, kind of pull request, it becomes a lot easier to just continue and keep doing it after that. So, sorry that this is a little bit of a less of a demo and more of an explanation at this point, but we'll go through and actually have a full demo that we'll we'll nest into the show notes. Um, so, finally, the last thing I'd like to get onto is uh, the question of the week. <laughs> All right, so this question of the week uh, was posted on Stack Overflow again. I uh, found a really cool one uh, that uh, also Piotr uh, uh, Fendason, uh answered uh, this one as well. I uh, thought it was interesting. How do I remove nulls from an array in Trino? So the user asked, I'm, I'm extracting this JSON column in Trino and getting the output in an array like... So uh, al uh, is one of the, I guess, let's say it's a string... Uh, or varchar. So array of varchar and it has you know al is one of the is the first one. Uh, null is the second value and then new is a, is a varchar that uh, is um, on the third uh, uh, location of that uh, array. So the, what their goal is is to actually get rid of that null and just have an array of size two that says you know al uh, comma new. And they don't want to do any kind of fancy unnesting, all this other stuff. So, uh, Pyotr replied with this very simple, elegant. Uh, uh, again, we're pulling out these lambda functions here that we're, we keep seeing, um, but uh, using this um, this uh, function called the filter. Um, so, this isn't pure lambda, but it takes a lambda function as part of the as one of the arguments into uh, this um, this filter uh, uh, filter. Uh, Function. So uh, what's really great is you you take in the array, and anywhere that uh, the array is um, uh, basically uh, true, then that is what those elements will get returned, and the rest will will not be returned. So simple enough. You basically uh, have a statement where you say select the the array al, null, and new. Um, and then return where let's say you know this this is a lambda function so e is just kind of i'm guessing element or arbitrary uh e value uh, but i'm assuming he, he meant element here e and then where e is not null so for all the the elements here for e you know e could be here here and here we want to say this we, we want to make sure that it's not the case where e is not null so it will return al, it'll not return this null here, and then it'll return new, and then you get the your, your array back. So um, so pretty straightforward, uh, easy way to, to kind of uh, tackle that problem without having to do some crazy... I mean, in traditional SQL, you'd have to do a lot of crazy stuff just to make that work. So now having these kind of uh, uh, functions uh, uh, make your life a lot easier. It's uh, one of those examples of, of, of uh, how that, that kind of stuff helps out a lot. So, so yeah, um, let's... Uh, Let's move on to the last little part. So, Marius, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Uh, you know, it's really great to see, uh, hear your story and get to see particularly how you view being part of an open source community. I'm hoping it, it catches on to, to other folks out there that are interested. Um, one thing I wanted to cover, actually, crap, before I miss, miss this out, uh, we, we, uh, I had somebody comment earlier on the show, uh, Damon Aurora. Um, he said, "Loving, uh, I love contributing to Trino as a new contributor to open source. Trino has been a very welcoming uh, community, I'm guessing he met there, and has helped me a lot in getting started with the project. So, Damon, uh, thank you so much for that comment. Uh, uh, we really appreciate having uh, folks like you. Uh, he also kind of continued to say, I'm planning to soon shift gears and start making code contributions. Great. Uh, he's been doing a lot with the docs so far. Have you have you seen any of Damon's?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he's 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 over in in i think in toronto or somewhere over in in canada and um he's been doing a whole bunch of like doc contribution and stuff so um it's great
1: yeah well thanks Damon and thanks for all your contributions as well uh you know again that 's what makes the community right is is bringing everybody uh, bringing everybody's uh, uh, desires to to kind of be a part of something bigger uh, is is all what all we 're here for right so um, I wanted to make sure I shouted him out before we ended the show uh, and uh Marius uh, uh thank you again for joining uh anything closing any words that you wanted to share with us before we hop off
2: uh, i I would say that i'm uh... Also, very uh, very happy to be part of this community, and uh, same as Damon, uh, I also I also share the impression that the that the people in the community are very very well very much involved. the The tech bar is uh, very very high, and the, the problems that you are attacking uh, are very interesting. I think that the the, the impact of uh, of this software. Is currently and will be as uh, as people start to use it, will uh, uh, continuously be higher. So uh, I think it's a very good uh, investment for uh, professional to to jump in and uh, try it out.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much for that, Manfred. You know anything before we hop off?
0: No, i got to get back to writing computation code. Yeah,
1: I know. It's time <laughs> to get to work, people. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, we'll see you all in two weeks. All right. Music for the show is from the Mega Man 6 gameplay album by Shishtav Swabikovsky. Don't forget to give us a star on the Trino repository at github.com forward slash Trino DB forward slash Trino. And for more information on future shows and to find show notes, check out trino.io forward slash broadcast.